Hey guys, welcome to Team Fight Talk Show. That's right, we're back again for another episode. Uh, Doa here with Froden, as always, and today we have a returning guest. I believe, I haven't done all the episodes of this, but I believe our our first returning guest in Mismatch Socks. Is that right? You, I know you've been on the show before, but are you the first person to be on the show twice? Uh, well, I mean, I think only the hosts can answer that, but yes. I believe so. I've I been on the so. show more than yes. twice, Doa. Slowly, you know. You know. <laughs> Yes. All right. Congratulations, then. Ms. I'm honored. I'm not honored. Only that, yes. Not only on being on our show, mostly. Uh, oh, yeah. There we go. Mostly for being on the show. You know, that's what we're mostly congratulating you for, as we uh, turn you up a little bit. And uh, but also a little bit, I suppose, on making it to the global championships for uh, TFT set three, deserving a little bit of congratulations there. Oh. It was uh, it was a long, hard road, uh, but you you made it. Uh, what did you think about your performance uh, in the tournament? We'll just start off with that, with a couple of questions of that. Uh, how did you think the weekend went for you? It was a lot of twos, obviously. But uh, how, twos. how did those twos go? Were there some high twos, some low twos? I mean, coming to the tournament, um, well, I mean, I expected uh, to just take the month off for, for from playing TFT. I didn't really think I had the highest chance of making it. I thought it was I mean, slightly, slightly above average. I didn't think I was going to absolutely crush the tournament. And that's kind of what happened. So it was a little bit yeah. surprised to me. Why and then didn't the, you do it? Did you think you just weren't prepared as much as you wanted to be? or? Well, I mean, in the past, I've held like rank one, rank two on the ladder for like fucking months, right? It's literally two months of holding rank one, rank two. And then coming to this tournament, I was hard stuck rank like 50 and like rank 45. Hmm. So you can see why my confidence was a little bit... um. Uh, not as confident as I, used, I usually am. But I mean, it turns out that my practice absolutely paid off. the The way I practiced was actually super crucial for doing this tournament. So overall, I, I think it went super, super well. I'm really, really happy with everything. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was certainly a pretty epic performance. Uh, I have to backtrack a little bit because I didn't actually even ask Frodan how he's doing today. How, how are you doing, man? You said you made a breakthrough in your own play as well when we were talking before the show began. Yeah. Um. I've been, you know, just trying to play games in my free time whenever i i have like a, a free half an hour an hour of work um and i feel like i've been studying climbing i really like the current meta i think this might be the best meta we've had in tft period um and i think it's just like a very interesting set of decisions within each tree and you know maybe i'm biased because i'm performing well you know i'm actually climbing within masters now i gained like 200 lp in the past like day and a half in particular wow. um so i've been like really i've been really enjoying it a lot and I was kind of like worried, you know, like if the new patch ends up changing stuff, because sometimes they're like, oh, it's a micro patch, but then they end up restricting the amount of uh, diversity because they're trying to lightly sure. buff stuff or lightly nerf things. Um, and it never always goes as planned, but so far the patch has been great. All right. We'll talk about that patch in uh, just a moment. But first, our first topic of the day that we'll touch on really quickly is the TFT roadmap that was uh, unleashed upon the internet uh, a little bit ago. So obviously we have the Galaxy's World Championship coming up in September. Everybody knows the set four launch is coming out, but I, I like that uh, we have a, a bit of an idea about what's coming up, you know, and they mentioned in the past that they wanted to sort of move things to about two sets a year where each set has sort of like a big mid-set patch that shakes things up a lot like 3.5 does. And I I love that cycle of things. I love that you kind of get to stick with a patch or a set long enough to really dig into it, but it also gets this big revamp halfway through. That seems like a great way to do it to me. 
Um, and then down at the bottom, I think, is uh, the probably the the part that most people are interested in, which are things like the the new mode, improved arenas. I'm not quite sure what what that entails. What what constitutes an improved arena? Um, tournament API, which is going to be great because being able to get all that data out and in front of people during a broadcast is going to be vital. And spectator mode, we'll have it eventually, guys, but it's it's on the roadmap, so uh, we'll, we'll get there at some point. But uh, comments, uh, Socks, we'll send it over to you first. Um, comments on the roadmap going forward here. I mean, the most thing I'm most excited for is definitely spectator mode, right? So then yeah. you don't have to stream your tournaments. Uh, essentially, you can have open qualifiers without every single person streaming, and you can still cast it. So that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Dan, what do you Definitely, think? Definitely, especially for us, Doa, like, yeah. you know, having the casters in the game as well, which is, like, really big, so that way we can understand, pick, like, the best tournament in terms of uh, presentation has been Giant Slayer historically, but mm -hmm. I do want to give a shout to the Cloud9 production crew for the Nebula qualifiers, because they actually gave Doa and I a switch to go to the player's perspective if we just hit a button. And they said, yeah. you can be the one controlling the player perspective. And that felt so good because it felt like I was able to talk and like understand and answer questions immediately because mm -hmm. I had that control. I also have to be careful because with that power is really abusable. If I keep, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, Starcraft or like frantic. I'm like switching really quick, yeah. like pressing R and Q and like rotating between POVs really fast. That's a poor spectating experience. But as a caster, I think that's really valuable to be able to do to get a quick snapshot of what's happening around the lobby. So like that kind of stuff is really good both for the players and the casters and the viewers. It's so sorely needed for any kind of tournament scene. Um, the one thing is though, it doesn't seem like they have a timeline for it because they were talking about how now yeah. that they've you know, launched mobile, now they got set forward in the pipeline, now that they're working on all this stuff, it feels like now they've begun working on spectator mode in some way. And that feels like it's just, you know, soon. We're not, we're not sure when mm. it's going to come. Maybe it comes at the end of next year, which you know, we wonder, is that going to be soon enough? Well, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, a month ago is is not even soon enough for when we really needed spectator mode, honestly. And, and you know, it's I think it really speaks to the TFT community and especially all the tournament organizers that have been putting events on uh, over the months to just how much effort goes into actually putting on a TFT broadcast. It's, it's so uh, difficult to aggregate that many streams, make sure all the players are streaming, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think a ton of credit is uh, deserved by all of the production teams, by Giant Slayer, C9, TL, all the organizers that have put on uh, tournaments this year because it's really hard right now. And it'll be nice when we're in spectator mode. But and for us, like um, I'm usually uh, I'm usually against casters being the observers, but TFT is an exception to that because that's a situation where I would love to like know who we were talking about at the moment. You know, but also be able to, on my own monitor outside of the broadcast, be able to quick swap to somebody else's board to just double check on something and then go back uh, because that helps inform the narrative, right? And like as casters, that's kind of what we're uh, most about when it comes to, you know, the broadcast is telling the stories of the players and the stories of what's going on in the game. So spectator mode will be great. Um, I, I got to say, though, honestly, I'm like equally excited by the tournament API part of it. Uh, because being yeah. able to draw real-time stats uh, or at least post-game stats quickly and throw them into graphics is going to be so helpful in terms of both like practicing. Right. I'm sure like socks, you can probably uh, attest to like how useful it would be to be able to like look at your games and be see what like your average gold was at like round four one usually or that's a roll down term, but like 
you know, you see track your own gameplay a little bit better. Like yeah. the API is going to help players a lot, I think too. I really want to know how many uh, how many Bainbro games I've actually played in the last. Game. <laughs> it's very crucial, actually. Twenty out of twenty. Huh? Or like if it's not twenty out of twenty, it's doomed. On average, you know how many t- when do you right. hit your E three, or like how many games you perform well in if you don't hit E three, <laughs> you know, and like there's there's a lot of like interesting statistics that, of your own gameplay that you can look at, and then we can use that too, you know, for for uh, tournaments and things like that for <laughs> broadcasts. So yeah, I think it's one thing that like if you've been a League of Legends fan for a long time, like a lot of us have, and we'll move on to the patch in just a moment. But if you've been a League fan for a long time, you you've heard about the the spaghetti code, right? where you know league was kind of built from the ground up um you know and and it's kind of like it's sort of it's sort of like you've got this like shining modern skyscraper but the foundations are like these archaic like ruins from a bygone technological era so every once in a while you have to descend into those ruins to sort of like fix something in the skyscraper and that's kind of where we're at as far as like implementing some of these things because if you dive into the code in the League of Legends client, I have been told many times, and they've said publicly that it is it is a, a foreboding place. So I think that's a, probably one of the reasons why a lot of this has taken so long to emerge. But moving on, let's talk about Patch Day. Let's Wait, talk we're moving about... on? There's still oh. so much to talk about on the roadmap. I, well, do you want to look at our graphic moved on? Shouldn't we move on? Do You want You can keep talking if you want to. We can extend this. I, I, I feel like that... that roadmap is actually like one of the most important conversation that's happening uh sure because we we haven't what talked about step four really which is they're kind of teased the theme of it we haven't talked about the fact that they want to launch a new game mode uh with the yeah. as well which is also particularly interesting and i think that like a lot of people who watch our podcast uh might be like really intent on like immediately asking socks on like how to gain lp right now but if you look at the broader scope, like what keeps TFT a really successful game and consequently a really thriving competitive scene is just mm-hmm. having a huge player base. Um, because quite frankly, if we keep catering to the 0.01% who grind TFT and sweat for the LP, uh, they're just going to average a 50% top four rate at that point because you're only going to like basically just gain edge and you can't gain edge over like other players at that point you want a higher player base count so that way you can excel over others and so having tft grow from a casual perspective is really important for competitive players even though i think a lot of times they feel like they're at odds and i think new game modes and like the set four launch hype and everything like that is really important and i like i think the like we don't know exactly what the new game mode is people are theory crafting like 2v2 mode or some kind of like really interesting thing but i'm really excited for that and i think that might be one of the most important things that they announced which is that they're invested in tft long enough to develop it beyond its core gameplay loop and i think that's a really good thing um so yeah. that that was one of the most exciting things for me personally when i, I saw this road what kind of new game mode would you like to see socks um, I mean, what Froden said really make, really clicked with me, right? Just any team team based game mode. Mm-hmm. Usually, you really want to. Um, I don't know. Something about having a team makes it feel more personal than just having like your own experience. You can like bond with the, your teammates. I don't know, something like that. You can blame them. You can blame yeah. them. You can definitely. <laughs> That's right. Worst comes to worst, the benefit, the true benefit of any team game. <laughs> we we don't have oh. enough variants, so why not have random teammates? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. People are saying that isn't doesn't having a team make it, the variance lower? So like if you have, if it you does. Have, like, I'm saying who you match with though. If you like queue like so, if there's like solo queue mm-hmm. and you match with a teammate, that that would be kind of depends on how they implement it too. Like if you can share items or something like that, then yeah, that would definitely lower variance because you could more consistently build what you're wanting to build. 
to build and all that. So we'll right. we'll see. I don't know. I think I think it it seems like a team mode is the most logical thing that they would put in the game. But uh, but who knows? You know, maybe they'll come up with I mean, something totally wild and interesting. I mean, now that you say, it, I I, I want to see like gold funneling and item funneling. It's like it's like in League of Legends how like Tarek E. You just funnel the Master Yi, so he has double the farm, double <laughs> yeah. the items. Yep. Imagine having like four, it's a 4v4, and you funnel all your gold onto one guy. <laughs> there's like a, maybe there's like a, so uh, maybe there's like a Fall Guys, like uh, APM thing uh, going on the side where like someone else, your teammate <laughs> controls like a little legend, but they can go to other people's boards and steal their items, and like the other little legend has to stop them. Yeah. <laughs> this guy can have be you guys a... played um, Dota Underlords at all? They have a 2v2 mode. I haven't played I that played, mode. I haven't played that mode, but I used to play Dota Underlords. I kind of stopped playing it once I started playing TFT. <laughs> it's pretty much they have stopped. a really fun two v two mode, and I would argue that that was probably the best thing they've done in that game. But mm. I've only watched people play; I've never played it myself. So, um, if they have inspiration from it, I think it was really well received. It's just that, like, you know, the Underlords community. They, there's a lot of things you can talk about it, but uh, at the end of the day, TFT reigns supreme um, over mm. that. And it's like, I, I do think that if they simply like bar a lot of the ideas from it, it'd probably be successful too. Either way, the, the new game mode, like I was trying to say, is one of the more exciting things. I think a lot of uh, TFT fans should be very excited for it, for the idea of new content, but also because it shows that Riot's serious about TFT long term. Right. And I think it's it's easy when we're in like our like esports bubble to think that everything should be about esports as far as like the development side of a game goes. And in a perfect world, that's the way it would be. But in reality, there's not as many people into the esports side of things that are into the just the game itself. So supporting the player base that is larger, which is just the casual players, is is arguably at the end of the day more important than supporting the esports side. And you can't ignore the esports side, but you can definitely tell why the priority would shift away from that a little bit from time to time, which kills me to say, but logically it makes sense. I'm just curious, what do these improved arenas mean? Yeah, even what, that new arenas, what are what are improved arenas? Could, uh, let's let's we have to talk about this because it's just it's sure. an interesting way to word that because the arena doesn't really play into the gameplay that much. Uh, except for when you could run away and like take a sneaky fourth because the damage would take longer to get to you, but they took that out. So how do they improve arenas at this point? So I would have... say... Oh, go ahead, Sox. Oh, no, it's going to be a joke. So you have a, a top-level board and a, and a bottom-level board. Oh. You put pieces on the top-level board or the bottom-level board. It's kind of like... Um, it's like kind of like Gwent, right? So then you're... you're, like, you're oh, in like a top row and a bottom row. <laughs> like 4D chat from uh, Star Trek. Exactly. Yeah, we can finally, we can well, finally like, literally actually 3D play... Chess. Yeah, literally 3D chess. <laughs> there you um, go. I would probably say the improved arena might be something like what they do in Hearthstone, which is uh, actionable things that you can do on the board. Um, that mm. would be fun. Like yeah, you can like destroy sense. the laser beam and like shoot your opponent's boards. That's true. Yeah, VM your opponents by like wrecking part of their board. That'd be neat. I'd be down. All right, let's move right. on to patch notes. All right, it's sorry to derail you from the patch notes. Yeah, okay, I want to talk no, no, about no, no, the graphic, but that's fine. On. There's there's not a ton to talk about with the patch notes anyway. Um, binary star is out. We'll talk about the galaxy real quick. First, binary star is out. Makes sense. It just kind of took away from something. It, I don't feel like it really enabled any new things per se. Uh, so I don't really mind seeing. I didn't, you know, I didn't mind playing that galaxy, but I don't mind seeing it going away either. Uh, new galaxy manatees delight. Have either of you guys gotten to play games on this yet? I have not actually. I have not hit this yeah. game yet. I have actually. I have. All right. What's it like? It's it's just it feels like a regular galaxy to be honest. More people go cybernetics. Um, 
that's about it. I don't think uh, any other build is significantly stronger. Okay, just because of the infiltrator claw for Aurelia, you're saying, or? Well, I just think uh, the the spatula is just more flexible on uh, cyber stuff. Fair enough. I don't know. Yeah. Sure there's a few dominant strategies. Sox is right. Most people try to play cybers because they're very stable. You can kind of like build the infiltrator talent onto Aurelia and it's really effective. Mm. Um, I've seen people immediately try to commit to Blade Masters of some kind uh, because, you know, getting the Blade Master spatula on like Zed, for example, means that you don't actually have to level nearly as much and you can reroll a lot earlier because yeah. uh, you have six Blade Master quicker. Um, I've seen people play Battlecast and like really emphasize the fact that they get four Battlecasts early to win streak. And so I think the strategies are kind of like developing still. It's, it's like a day and a half of the patch. Um, I honestly think that like it might be just worth holding the spat and like, and if you lose streak early, right? Because you're determined, just try to go for a four star major. Um, so it's kind of like what Sox is saying. It feels kind of standard with a couple of twists where like, some comps might move up a little bit because you have access. Yeah. All right. It's uh, I'm I'm hoping I hit it pretty soon. Uh, moving on. Items. Titans resolve. Getting a little bit. Uh, well, in, an interesting change, really. Where now you pop off at 25 sacks instead of 50. Um, I was watching Mort's rundown of uh, 10:17, and uh, he raised a great point that um, you know a lot of times most champions in the game don't end up hitting 50 stacks. It's really only the mech. So. Uh, I like that now more champions can get that, you know, max stack bonus right from this. Um, so that'll be neat to see developed. A Hand of Justice getting a little bit of a nerf, but that kind of brings it in line with other things. So that seems fine. For the, um, the tens itself, um, yeah. I know there's a discussion uh, in the Lobby 2 Discord. I, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I think the Hand of uh, Times itself is actually above to the mech. I'm on that board of uh, that train. I know mm -hmm. that Mordog disagrees. He thinks it's a big nerf to the mech. I don't know. Um, I mean, I play a lot of Bane Bros. As a Master U player, I just cannot kill the mech anymore. It's impossible. Every time they have mm -hmm. a Tense Resolve, it does way too much damage, and it's just unkillable. So, Interesting. I, I don't know. Do you feel like that's kind of an uh, unfavored matchup for uh, Slash uh, or Bang Slash Slash Bros? <laughs> anyway, uh, are we changing the game? I, I don't I, know. I, I remember it was, officially, uh, <laughs> it was officially Slash Bros for OCNA Finals, but, you know, the community will do what the community will do. <laughs> I remember Fluffy asked me, was it Fluffy? It was Gummy. It was Gummy. He asked me, uh, after I make it to Worlds, am I going to call it Bane Bros or Slash Bros? He asked me that question. <laughs> and I said, um, well, I'm not, a, I'm not a pivoter, right? So I'm not a little <laughs> bitch. That means I'm calling it Bane Bros. So, I, can't, I, mean, I can't tell you what importantly, you Most importantly, Socks. Uh -huh. You know, if you're Master Yi, who's Yasuo for you? And who's Zen? Yasuo? Who's, Whoa, who's, that's, that's who's part of your crew? Who's part of your crew? Is Maybe we can get back to this. I haven't thought about it. This is my Bane okay, circle. Right. I don't know. We've, we've got a question and answer section. Triangle? It's a little circle, I guess, is a lot more. Anyways, my, my point is I actually do believe this uh, Times Resolve busts the mech. Um, All right. So it's, I don't know. Um, it feels mech is a lot stronger than before. Interesting. Okay. I suppose, again, because you pop off at lower stacks, it makes a lot more sense. Cool. Yes. All right. Uh, sniper damage bonus nerfed a tiny bit. I don't think this really makes a big difference. You guys? Um, no, not really. Like, a lot of these yeah. were, like, very minor. Like, the five damage, five armor, five MR, very, very small. Right. That That's the thing. I, I think we can kind of glaze through these patch notes because there, there wasn't a huge amount. Anything as far as the champion changes stand out to you, Socks? 
that you want to mention? I mean, obviously, I, I, I mean, the one that hurts me the most is the mastery changes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it didn't uh, ship. just I mean, by playing. Hmm? It's fine. 5 AD. It didn't ship. No, the, the Master E3 star didn't ship, but the Master E2 star did ship. I, oh. I was thinking that maybe like the Riven, um, the Riven buff will counteract it. Hmm. Um, but now, I mean, it's, you can definitely feel it. Uh, in one of my final games, my Master E was like 2 HP away from killing um, Janna and winning, winning the game on the spot. Uh, Janna ends up living with a like, QHP. Those situations happen way more for me now. So um, mm. I don't know. Um, it's a big. It feels like a big nerf. Uh, okay. Mort's in chat saying the only the E one and two changes shipped. The three didn't. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Just officially clarify to get that, that clarified. Um, yeah. I saw people playing a lot of Riven Sorks to try and experiment with it. It seems very volatile, so I don't know if it's back. I think it's still just like Nico frontline and and then just wait for Janna too. <laughs> At that point, <laughs> the usual, yeah. All right. Does uh does Gangplank? I was kind of curious about this one because uh, Gangplank got a little bit of a nerf. Um, it's it's not huge. Uh, do you think he's? Do you feel like he's in a good place now where he's still usable, but he's not you know super I mean, OP, but he was not super under OP. It's like what Moore said. Uh, Gangplank has a magical number, right? Um, mm -hmm. so basically every two star uh, unit in the game pretty much has around uh, about like nine hundred ish HP, nine hundred to a thousand HP. If Gangplank 2 with like uh, one AP item can one-shot those units, then Gangplank is too OP. If he can't one-shot those units, then Gangplank is usually not OP at all. His damage will get healed by Soraka. So I, I think Gangplank right now... Um, I think he still meets that magical number, so I think he's still on the OP side, but I'm not 100% okay. sure. That's interesting litmus that you described with uh, with Gangplank. That's, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll see what happens. There's, uh, I suppose there'll be one more patch yet for them to move things around a little bit. But that's right. uh, before world there... championships, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't know. That that'll be interesting. Um, hopefully, it's not a big patch because again, I think the game is in a really good spot right now. Um, so it would be very unfortunate if the game changed significantly right before Worlds. I don't think they would do that. Um, but I I would hope that the patch is approached with the intention to not do that, which I'm sure it will be. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for the patch notes, unless anyone has anything else to kind of uh, mention with that. I'll, I'll say one thing really quick. Happy to see Blitzcrank get tankier. It always felt a little bit odd to me that he wasn't like uh, as tanky feeling as some of the other brawlers when he is, in fact, made of metal. So uh, I'm glad to see that go <laughs> a little bit up. It's it's a lore, it's a lore buff, and I, I like lore buffs. It's fine. Makes sense. Let's move on to uh, tournament results. And uh, we know one. Oh. Now, let's take a look at the uh, the Teamfight Tactics Galaxies OCENA Finals presented by Jukes. I said that phrase about a billion times this weekend. I never mess it up once, I don't think. Maybe I did. But uh, we have a results right there. Oboe from the OCE region ended up uh, winning two in a row at the end to make it all the way through. Meanwhile, uh, our own uh, guest mismatch socks uh, twos to the max to uh, make it into uh, second place and get that spot at the uh, Galaxy's Global Championships as well. So, yeah, interesting uh, interesting results with that. Uh, I I continue to be a little bit surprised to see Polt struggle in a tournament environment from time to time. He has his up days and his down days. This was, unfortunately, a bit of a down one. Um, but what, what do you think about these results overall, Sox? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you ended up uh, taking second with all the seconds, made it to the next stage, which is great. But uh, any surprises, any uh, commentary on the final standings with that one? Uh, no, I mean, uh, 
I'm I'm obviously very very happy with my results. Um, right. Super super happy to be representing NA. Um, it's a little fortunate, a little unfortunate that like like I don't have an NA friend to bring along. Right? It's it's a little bit lonely. Um, but I mean, what can you right. do sometimes? I'm I'm super happy with the results. Um, I will say that the tournament was really really stressful to play. Like uh, no matter how many times I thought this is it, this is my chance to win. It just never happened. I remember game three, I was thinking, uh, okay, tournament's over. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. And then it just didn't happen. And then game four, I'm like, holy shit, I hit everything. This is it. I, I'm high rolling so hard and it didn't happen. And then game five, I'm just like, I need to win this in order to bring my fellow, my fellow NA um, um, partner with me, Contel. Uh -huh. And then it just didn't happen. And it was just so frustrating. Tournament format was really exciting, but from a player perspective, it was just really, really frustrating. And well, that's the thing, like, oh, I think ahead. that's part of the hype, though. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. It's like from the viewership side and the casting side, like having a player need to get first to win the tournament provided, I think, like the most excitement I've ever felt and seen in like a finals, like a top eight. So that was great. Um, but it did. It does feel a little bit weird to look at that scoreboard at the end of the day and see you at 40 points and Oboe at 30 points and see him in first and like no shade towards oboe at all like he played great and i'm actually really happy that oce got a representative through to the global championships um but i i feel like this was this was an exciting format but not well, we're not quite there yet there there's got to be like a format out there that satisfies kind of like all angles and and after looking back over the course of the year um and we can maybe move on with the slides of some of the other tournaments and talk about those but after looking back over the year i really like the concept of what Mortdog did in the top four madness tournament where you can win via first place but you can also win through consistent results over enough games and i think like that style of determining a victor is hype but also um fair i hate to use the word fair because the word fair and unfair are used so poorly i think in in a lot of situations but uh it seems appropriate we'll, we'll put it that way but Moving on a little bit. Though, if you go back, yeah. uh, or just go back on the slide, uh, I think right after the tournament, my friends and I were talking about it. For this specific case, I feel like, I mean, I think Oba definitely deserves to qualify, but after the tournament ends, I think between the top one and two, we should just take whoever has the higher score. And that person should go as maybe first seed, and the other person should go as second seed. Mm. I think that personally makes a lot more sense to me. Um, while the hype is capped, and then I feel like a more fair system, and then um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, I heard that for some regions, there was only one slot. So they only have one slot for the world qualifiers. And their format is identical to this, where their format is you have to score 18 points and then score a first place. Uh, in that format, I mean, I would unfortunately not make it. So that would feel pretty bad as well. Uh, those right. are the two flaws I have with this system. But overall, I think it was really, yeah. really good. All right. Any comments on that, Frodo? Um, yeah, it just really sucks to be Cottontail, <laughs> like, jeez, it's, it's so, like, he was really close a few games. If Sox had won, like, earlier, uh, Cottontail would have gotten through. It was pretty dramatic. It was fun watching yeah. it. I only got to cut, cut, uh, catch the tail end because I was busy. Um, but overall, I, I like it a lot. Um, and, you know, like, there were some really interesting moments with, like, Curran. I, I heard his game was really sick when he was able to clutch it out. Uh, so overall, I, like, I'm pretty happy with it. And like, I think that, you know, 
format-wise, it shouldn't just be, like, two players per each region playing. It should really be, like, a large field. Like, I think every region should be sending, like, eight players. I think that's, like, a much more exciting tournament to think about. Mm. But, like, I understand why they're doing it at the very beginning this way, because they want to start small, uh, and they don't want to, like, make it too hard to follow all these players. Right. And, like, as as we have these discussions about tournament formats, too, I, th- I think it's important to keep in mind um, that, again, like, TFT is just an eSport in its infancy. And so just like every esport in its first year has, there's going to be a lot of tournament formats that are just like a bit off or really off. And uh, it's just a matter of kind of like experimenting enough to find that that sweet spot, right? And props to all the pros that have to play through all of the the wacky formats throughout the first year or two of an esports yeah. existence because it does normalize it at in the end. Uh, we can move on and talk about some of the other stuff with this. This is the EU. Um, can you one more comment I had? Yeah, go for it. Just for the, for the tournament thing, I mean... I personally found it super, super good. I actually found it so exciting that I went back to watch like people's vods and their reactions. I remember like in Contel game three, four, and five, it was like "Go Socks!" I'm Socks's biggest fan. It was really, really exciting. <laughs> I mean, in the end, he didn't make it, but like he had those moments. Feel, feel really cool. Yes. Yeah, I, I like it. Like it's potential with this kind of format, and I, and I think that you know it's it's good to explore more of that stuff. Yeah, the the final day of the end, the OCNA finals was really impactful to me because I've always loved TFT and like watching it, obviously. But that was that was a level of hype where I'm like, all right, yes, TFT is an awesome spectator experience, and it should only get better from here on out. That was that was a pretty uh cool moment for me to kind of uh, see all that go down. Uh, but let's take a look at the EU results real quick. So. EU had uh, three people going through uh, because they brought in players from three different regions uh, in that part of the world. Double 61, Lev Dietrotsky, and uh, Volteriax. Sox, you and I were talking a little bit about this before the show started, and you were saying that, like, these three players are generally accepted as as some of the best in EU. So this didn't really seem like much of an upset to see these three players. No, no, these three are not upsets at all. Uh, These three people are insane. The only person who you would argue deserves to make it 100% is Dasic, right? And he ended up fourth in the tournament, so, like, uh, this, like, top four, not a surprise whatsoever. I am actually uh, kind of shaking to f- fight some of these guys, because, uh, I mean, they're considered really good players. Shaking. Wow. A lot of <laughs> Maybe Salvi. Salvi's the other one I'm very sad didn't make it through, so. I'm yeah, really surprised that Dasic got wrecked in the early rounds. Um, right. Sorry, go ahead, Doa. Oh, no, I was just going to say I was surprised to see uh, Dasic not make it through, too. He was one of the people I kind of had pegged for, like, definitely getting one of those top three spots. But I'm glad to see uh, Lev D get through. He's a player that's really come up this year uh, as well and made a name for himself. So it's neat to see him get all the way to the global championships. Uh, Talking about China. So China had or is currently, I believe, having their uh, tournament right now. I don't believe it's over quite yet. Is it? I think the last day is today. No, no, yeah. it's, it's five days, I think, right? Okay. No, so they've only had their first two days, and their format is really cool. I don't know if you know the Chinese format. It's not detailed in this Reddit post. Yeah, I haven't, lo- I have like VODs and stuff. Uh, I looked at the format on one of the VODs, but I can't remember it. <laughs> the format is very cool for the Chinese uh, the qualifiers. Okay, so there's 16 people, they're divided into uh, two groups of eight. The first group play off, the top two people qualify. The bottom people drop out, bottom two people drop out, and places three through seven participate in a loser's bracket. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a neat way of doing it. So first to qualify from group A, first to qualify from group B, 
And then three through uh, six, a play in the loser's bracket. And then top four qualify from the loser's bracket. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. That's another way to just like give players more chances if they place poorly, but also reward the ones that are placing really high in lobbies, which is which is really I, neat. I think it's really cool because, um, well, the hardest part about, uh, about TFT is getting that top four. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're doomed to get a seventh, but if you can squeeze out like a fifth or a sixth, in this format, uh, you would actually have a second chance. I would say in the form, in almost every other format, you would just get disqualified, right? So that's right. why this is really cool. Yeah, Apex Legends ran something like this. Um, they basically, for their big uh, tournament, they had, you know, it's a Battle Royale format, which is very similar to what TFT is. TFT is a BR. Um, you, they basically took the top 30 teams and the bottom 30 teams, I think because it's in that game, um, and the top 30 would move on in the winners and play another lobby of like, you know, 30 teams or whatnot. And then mm-hmm. the, the bottom teams would face each other and then systematically just keep removing half. And so that's another way that basically that, that they've approached it, which is adopting a similar uh, situation. But what really sucks is that, you know, sometimes in TFT, if you do get like six and six or seven and seventh, there is like a, a chance for you to still come back. But like, you know, double elimination means just two really bad games. And sometimes it's doomed. So no, 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 it's not double elimination. No, the first group. I'm, I'm, saying, like, I'm saying in Apex uh, Legends that they were to copy that uh, format where it was just like top hmm. half, bottom half type thing, um, because we did play around with those kinds of concepts for Twitch Rivals. And like having played a couple of play tests of it, it just like didn't feel good at all. So that's why we never really did something like that. Well, it feels it almost feels a little bit similar to what was done with Twitch Rivals uh, TFT, where like you would move up and down lobbies depending on your uh, results with whatever game you played. And that was kind of a neat format. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, very much anyway. so. And, and I like I like seeing other formats like that. It's pretty interesting. I think one thing that. Uh, I would, and, and this, the thing is, is like some people are saying, oh, well, you know, why are the formats so different between all the regions and all that kind of stuff? The pricing is so different between all the regions as well. Um, I, I think while there needs to be certain elements of standardization that, you know, will come out over time, I actually kind of like it that different regions have their different formats, right? Because that in part kind of produces uh, pros that think about the game in different ways. Uh, because the formats are going to be different. But I also like that an eSport holds on to its autonomy in uh, different regions as well, as far as like how they run their tournaments, because what works for NA may not work for Korea, may not work for EU, you know. So I, I don't, uh, I'm glad that the effort isn't to just hyper standardize everything across the whole world immediately. I, I like that um, Riot's kind of like letting the different regions do their own thing and kind of seeing what happens. And And obviously we see some silly stuff from time to time, like 10 eggs is like the meme in chat now, right? But like, deservedly so. But it's I mean, cool to have yeah. that autonomy, you know, um, maybe not that much, but that's what I'm saying. Like, some things like having prizing for your tournament is probably great. Whereas I would, other I would argue format can be different. That's fine. The, the bigger meme than 10 eggs that no one talks about is the, is the Chinese qualifiers, right? Uh, I brought it up to Doha a little bit before the yeah. stream, but it's absolutely unacceptable. Uh, they eliminated from 10,000 people down to 16 in a matter of three days. I don't know how many games. I wouldn't imagine it's more than 10. So like in 10 games or so, they limited 99.9% of the players. So you can imagine all the top rank one and two challengers got eliminated. So well, there's something yeah. like, I forget if it's like 15 or if it's like 30 different servers <laughs> in China. Like there's just an, there's like a huge, huge number of players. So on the one hand, you've got this like, gargantuan problem of how in the world do you do this fairly but like 
TFT is definitely not a game where you can decide who the best player is in, in best of ones. Like it just it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So I mean, the I, I hear what you're saying, and I think like fun like as a fundamental principle, I kind of agree. Like giving regional autonomy is like really nice. If you just need like an example of it, it's really interesting to see LEC develop as an esports product different from LCS. Yeah, um, which has been like really good for them thing. too. Yeah, yeah. A, a good thing to give it that regional unique identity. Um, the downside is literally what's happening in front of us, which is every region has its own different problems and almost its own controversy. Like we, you know, naturally, like you, we, you, the Europe qualifiers, like the day one to day two process was kind of ca like catastrophic, like yeah. the tiebreaker uh, drama and like how admins were counting uh, tiebreakers with strength of schedule. And then people are pointing out that the tiebreaker was wrong, but then the admins are saying, like, no, it's actually right, but we're going to replay the games tomorrow. Um, the fact that 10.17, the current patch, dropped in the middle of the LATAM qualifiers uh, yesterday night, and they had to just say, hey, we're not going to play any more games tonight because the patch just dropped early, and uh, we're really sorry because some people are like, my Titans resolve on my, on my units changed, like, mid-game, or, like, basically mm. they didn't know. Uh, this kind of stuff is... is a really easy way to sabotage all the hard work and effort that goes into it. I think everyone knows how much like more dog and, and, and green teas and everybody else puts effort, um, you know, Whitrock and all of them into TFT. And it right. just feels so sad to see them have to like face the music for something like this, which is really not even truly their fault, but like, it's well, just a really sad thing to see, to see like all this like regional separation has actually caused chaos within the competitive scene and almost kind of turned everything into, a, into an embarrassment. So such a tragedy. This, this is a symptom of something that has existed in esports since time began um, in, in uh, developer-run things where there, no matter what the company is, whether it's Riot or Blizzard or any other company trying to run an esport, there has perpetually always been a disconnect between the development team and the esports team. and uh in terms of communication and i don't know why that is but it is just always it's always been there and this is unfortunately just kind of yet another one of the instances of the esports team and the development team for whatever reason some sort of miscommunication not being on the same page so if anything i think i would encourage developers out there to make sure that your esports team and your development teams are on the same page uh, because things like this has, has happened for 10 plus years and it will continue to happen until more of a priority is put on that. Yeah. And some things will just happen. Sometimes, you know, mistakes are made and accidents happen. That's not a yeah, yeah. But I think that would really help to prioritize that communication, you know? I, I work on a, on, on a team that puts out, you know, a dozen or so broadcasts on average uh, every few weeks for Twitch Rivals, right? We put out so much content. We put out so many tournaments and we make a ton of mistakes. Mistakes are always going to happen. So, sure. like, I sympathize with tournament organizers, especially because Riot's empowering, like, local regional organizers to put things together. And so, you know, errors always happen. We're all humans. That's totally fine. But, like, the unforced errors is what's really, like, oh, no, like, I can't believe this is actually happening. Um, and, like, basic communication like that, though, is exactly mm. So, yeah. you know, a lot of lessons learned. And hopefully, you know, they already said there's going to be a set four championship, which is good news. And so, yep. you know, next time around, like, let's, let's get everything up and... <laughs> improve hey, uh, they have a pass in my opinion they've got a pass for a lot of things because esport like first year of an esport i i will give everybody involved in esport a pass for its first year for a lot of a lot of things next year gloves come off though 
Just saying it now. <laughs> Anyways, th- thanks for coming to my TED talk. There you go. Hey, we yeah, can move that's right. Now if you want. <laughs> so uh, let's see. What is there anything else we need to cover for the uh, the tournaments, things like that at the moment? We're right about time to uh, to move things on. More talks is Frodan is Ted of TED Talks. Is there an actual Ted? In, I, thought, I don't think so. I thought is I did this already. The tournament. Oh, tournament players. Tournament oh, players. I actually right. watched. I actually watched. I think I saw Crohn's list uh, last last week. I think he mentioned that he didn't put me on the top ten. I hope. Uh, I hope he changes his <laughs> mind now, huh? I thought he did. Wow. Did he not? He didn't. He didn't. He he, he mentioned that I'm a ladder player. And How you know, right. <laughs> and, and you know, in hindsight, I think he's right. Uh, uh, He's right. <laughs> no, the thing is that, like, I, I approached, I've been approaching tournaments differently than I have in the past. Mm. Um, I mean, if you even look at the tournament for the Cloud9 tournament, I was uh, dead last. So, I mean, it's it's very evident. Tournament socks is unleashed at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, actually, something that I have, uh, I've only recently made the, like, realization myself is why tournament play is so different from ladder play, right? Mm. So, like, what I realized is, like, on ladder play, if you uh, if you average a if you average like a three point five or like a three point four, you'll climb. Um, so that means like in a game you can either choose to first or eighth, or you can say you can guarantee a fourth place. You always take the fourth place guarantee, right? Sure. And yeah. in a tournament, that's not the case. So we have to go into ladder thinking that um, you can't be happy with a fourth. You have to be happy with a, a second or like a first. And that made me real- made that realization of why tournament play is so much different. So, like, an example I'll use is that uh, last week, I went from maybe 1,500 LP all the way down to 1,000 LP on both accounts, right? Would you say that I have had, like, a struggling tournament prep, or would you say that's a good tournament prep? Depends on Uh, what you're practicing. I would say that would indicate that you're struggling because you look on the server and you understand the patch. But uh, so, I mean, obviously, I force Bane Bros every game. So that's part of the reason why I, I lost a bunch of LP. But, but besides <laughs> that, um, there was a few games where on my main account, like I, sh- I showed up saying on my main account, literally on Twitch, on my main account, I tried something new. So I, there's, a, there's a new build that came up called uh, Bangry Birds, where it's just Bane Bros. I don't call it Bane Bros, but you put Static Shiv on uh, Zaya. And uh, Static Shiv, um, if, you, if you know the comp, a static one item Static Shiv Zaya 2 does more damage than a Master E2 with two items. So that's a, like a fact that probably people don't know about. And mm. the thing is that like, you wouldn't actually think of that without losing LP. Like You have to lose LP to get to that point, right? There's no way you can gain yeah, LP right. and learn this new comp, it's, which is what I like, made the realizations. Uh, every time when I was holding rank 1 and rank 2, I didn't make any new discoveries. I just took what I knew, practiced them, um, in a way that I always guarantee myself to get a top four, so this way I don't lose LP. And then when I high roll, I would get like a first or a second. Instead, I took I had a new mentality of, you know what? Like, it doesn't really matter whether what, what my LP is. Is that like, for the tournament format, if, if this situation come up, if this situation would come up, how can I play the situation better next time? I don't care about getting a top four i'm care i care about like in this tournament how can i get a higher placement right and yeah so so current was currently was right i mean i was never a tournament player i was always a ladder player but now i'm rank 50 and like 70 on the ladder so now i'm a tournament player 
Right. <laughs> LP sacrifice enough LP to gain the tournament strength. Huh? No, you really overrated. That's why there's like, such thing as like a GM buff, right? Like people like right before the tournament fall to GM and, and then they suddenly win all like the major tournaments. How can that be the case? It's because like while they're falling and losing ELO, they have to be like trying something new. Otherwise they wouldn't actually lose ELO. Mm. And in the process of trying something new, wow. you would discover something that's actually OP. Yeah. No, it's totally true. That's yeah, what like... that's the PIBA experience in a nutshell, isn't it? Didn't it go like <laughs> Top ten challenger all the way down to like four hundred master LP. Like he okay. swings like crazy. <laughs> oh, maybe that's not. A lot of learning. Maybe not as dramatic as Pifa. Okay. Maybe Man. that's a little bit too dramatic. <laughs> My ladder results since three point five started means that I have probably learned more than anyone in TFT in the entire <laughs> world. I'm just you know, put that out there. I'm I'm very knowledgeable now for sure. But, but... <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how things are. That's how discoveries are made, though, right? Like, no, it know, is true. That, yeah, that, in all seriousness. Really point, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and I think if you talk to a lot of pros in a lot of other games, they'll say the same thing. Where like, yeah, if you're gonna, if the ladder is your practice environment, um, you're gonna have to give up results in order to innovate. You know, so for sure. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then, uh, so we've stalled that... long enough. <laughs> you had enough time to think thing. about this. And oh, then the other a, thing. Okay. Wait, hold on. I was talking about the other thing that sure. like made me a tournament player was uh, <laughs> in the process of practicing Bane Bros every game, which. I don't feel like they're very strong. I feel like they're very like feature comp right now. Um, but Bane Bros stereotypically have a really bad early game, right? And by forcing this comp 20 out of 20 games, I actually became an early game god. Because I'm playing like it's the worst early game composition and I'm able to actually win streak sometimes with it. So like, um, like basically I, I never got the luxury of like of playing. I always had to like find creative ways to uh, to play early game, and, and and that part of it made me like an insane tournament player. Anyways, okay. for for the top ten tournament players, I, I really haven't thought about it, but like, now's the uh, time. I mean, I want to put myself on top of everything. I actually do believe I am the best tournament player. That's fine. Uh, oh totally wow! All this yeah. humble preface. No, it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it's it's not it's not even humble brag. I'm just. I'm just, it's like an ego, it's an ego talking. I top forward every single game for the NA qualifiers against the best 20, against the 24 best uh, players on uh, like NA and OC server. I top forward 10 games straight. Uh, yeah. I mean, top that's not even. Huh? No, top two, I only did what, five games or four games straight or six games straight, five games or six yeah. games straight. But top forward, I 10 games straight. I didn't bottom four a single time in the, uh, in the NA qualifier tournament. So. I do believe I'm I should so be the one. That is insane. <laughs> I'm glad we have the future. It was a very good I feel like uh, is patronizing me, but I'll I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. <laughs> no, I, it was great. Just not, it seemed like you were I'm really humble. Wrong. And you're like, oh yeah, like I learned all these lessons and I, you know all this stuff, and then just like, yeah, I'm number one. That's not even. Yeah. Well, who's uh, number two then? I think I think number two. Uh, I think it has to go to to either a milk or Kim. Um. Okay. I mean, it's very Which obvious. Uh, probably slightly towards Milk because he's been uh, slightly more dominant in the past. Okay. But uh, a key thing about the tournaments is that uh, you have to play, in my opinion, the best way to prep for tournaments is to learn one comp really, really well because almost every single tournament is about finishing first or like finishing top two. Mm. If, if you want to finish top two and or finish first, you have to be know your comps super, super well. And that's something that Milk and Kyun does uh, consistently well every single time. Uh, milk. 
uh, maybe Aegon there as well. So like Milk, uh, Kiyun, Aegon, something like that. Because okay, they literally would only practice one comp, and that's what you need to do in tournaments. You don't want to be flexible. That's why people like Grand Vice they always struggle because while they they can they know every single comp in the game, they're just they just can't guarantee a first place when they need to, or like they can't guarantee like that like top two finish when they need to. They'll always mm. be in, in the middle of the pack. Okay, fair enough. What wow. about uh, uh all right, I, I'm not I don't want to put uh, any names in your in your head here. Uh, I have okay, to let, let you think. decide who's who's the next one. I was gonna ask about somebody, I'm like, no, it has to, uh, it has yeah, to come I mean, from Toxic I think, the, I think the Crowen one is worth discussing. Um That's what I was gonna bring up actually. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people consider him a really good tournament player. Uh but the thing about Crowen is it's hard to remember him winning anything. So um like the he's people I thought a number of times. Yeah, he's gone, gone close, but people don't really remember who's third place in the tournament. Like, who, who, finished, who finished, like, third and fourth in the uh, NA qualifiers? I, I can't even tell you. Or, like, fifth and sixth. Wow. And it's hard to remember, right? Forgotten um, into history. Basically, no, I mean, the, this was a, what tournament players actually mean. You, <laughs> like, you, you can't consider yourself a tournament player. You can't consider yourself, like, a, a top four tournament player. Why don't... Why, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. That's what tournaments are about, like... Either you make it out or you don't, right? Either you make it to the NA qualifiers or you don't. Either you, either you get the prize or you don't. You can't just say I finished fifth and I got like close to prizing. That doesn't count. Dang. I mean, tournament players, wow. are, tournament, tournaments like are insanely <laughs> different from ladder, right? They're they're way different. Yes, they are. They are 100. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Crowen definitely deserves to be on this list. I just I, I'm not sure because I'm going based off of people who who I remember win tournaments, right? So. Sure. I, I would think I would think Robin and Cottontail deserves to be on this list for sure, though. Um, both of them have proven over and over on in the Team Liquid tournament, as well in the C9 tournament, to do really well. Yes, I agree. So All probably right, Robin, really Robin yeah. and Cottontail, yeah. respectively. Okay, Robin Songs uh, with Z at fifth, and then Cottontail at sixth. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, the people I I just I would like think about is like. GBA, who's really good. Um, there's uh, there's people like um, GBA, who's really good. There's people who are like Pult, who are really good, but they've never really had results. Um, right. So um, let me think. Who else? Who else am I scared of in tournaments? I I personally think uh, Solus uh, is insanely good in tournaments. Actually, I would probably move him higher than Aegon. Didn't um, GBA win that tournament we casted last year, Frodan? Set the Band of Legends tournament. Yeah, yeah. He, but so I, I, I actually I agree really... with what Sox is saying. But the reason why I think GV8 did well in that environment is because that was a meta that favored his skill set. Um, mm. And I think that like part of being a tournament player, being good at TFT, is like being able to like adjust your play style. You can't be stubborn with it. You can't only one trick. Sometimes it it calls for be like the situation calls for being a one trick, and sometimes it calls for being flexible. And you have to be able to do both. And I think, like, a lot of times people, like, obsess over the idea of being flexible and, like, lose sight of, like, what it means to be a master at a game like TFT. And you have to be able to be flexible at all kinds of points. Mm. All right. Yeah, Fair yeah, enough. Solus, but he's great. Like, GVA is, like, one of my favorite players to watch. Just to I mean, GVA is great. GVA is great. But, unfortunately, he... I just don't think he is... There's something about um, GVA where he can top for every game. That's just not what you need in a tournament, right? You can literally go four, 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 even even three, 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 
and you just won't make it out. I mean, that's just the reality. Like, you can even go like, <laughs> you can yeah, go that... like almost two, 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 and you will not make it out. Like, uh, that's that's <laughs> it's, it's possible. Not... <laughs> it almost happened to you, yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah I mean, um... If I went two, 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 eight, I don't make it out. I mean, that's just uh, the how what how, what consistency is there? Like, uh, tournament the tournament doesn't value consistency at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I think GBA will forever struggle in tournaments. That's my um. Interesting. Um, I mean, I that's bad. what Crone and GVA do, right? They like constantly play like a really good top four, so they advance to the final eight. But then it's kind of like what you said; they don't win the tournament because they're like they're always in that final eight players. But like, mm-hmm. can they actually like win it all when it when it's yeah. all? And it feels really bad too. Like, do, do I? Did you? Th- I mean, do I want to be a Bane Bros one trick? Do I want to be known as a person who can be only play one comp? Absolutely not. Does does being a Bane Bros one trick? Or does being a one-trick help you win tournaments? Absolutely. Being a one-trick helped me demolish the NA tournament scene. Because anytime I wanted to play Blade Masters, I got to play it. No, no one contests me. Arguably one of the stronger comps to get top four, uh, to top, get like top two or top one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it just feels really bad, honestly. That's what it takes to be a tournament player. It is what it is. And, and and- one of the things in tournaments, too, is that if there's a a comp that's super strong but only supports one player in the lobby then like whoever kind of becomes that designated player of that comp can have really good results because people just won't contest them so that's definitely a situation where yeah one tricking will help a lot yeah and bullying and uh, bullying people out of it and like actually typing me bane bros uh, helps immensely in tournaments so i can't i can't <laughs> exaggerate that that's not a it's not a meme it's actually a real thing i i believe you know from the mech days we we very oh, much yeah. know yeah. the blade shows me I mean, I think I, I really think that maybe one day the tournament scene will be fixed. It can't be like this. It can't. You can't have such a big advantage. Why not? Because, I mean, do we consider people who are good at tournaments the best players, or people who are good at ladder the best players? I tend to think maybe we should go ahead. Go. Ahead. I tend to think that like people who are ladders are the best players in the world. I mean, I can hit rank one on command, like probably maybe not rank one, but at least top five on command. But, but like, for me to play in a tournament, I literally have to drop out of top fifty in order to hit hit to to excel at a tournament. It just yeah. shows you how flawed uh, tournaments are compared to actual TFT skill. I think you need to like make a T-shirt now that just has like your face or logo or something that just says "I can hit rank one on command." I think that needs to just be Oof. the motto from now uh, on I mean, for this match stocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's partial ego, but I've done it in the past. So. Okay, uh, yeah. let's, let's finish I'm stuff. not typing this, by the way. <laughs> this is a really interesting discussion, and I would love to like debate Sox and Challenge, not necessarily because I disagree with him, but because I feel like people don't represent the other side well enough, which is mastery mm. over one thing. Um, coming from like sure. a background that plays like a lot of like card games or like fighting games, which is basically like encouraging you to master one thing as opposed to uh, like be good at like a hundred things. So anyway, sure. But go ahead. No, no, but I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious though. Like, um, the people who consistently win tournaments are, are are not the people on top of the ladder, right? I mean, that part we kind of somewhat agree. Yes. Okay, but like, how how can that be the case, right? Is it just pure unluckiness? I don't know. Well, we've had like Sometimes. six DFT tournaments as well. So that's true. I mean, yeah. we don't have a lot of data sample size to work with. But I, I do agree that that trend is very interesting to look at, right? Yeah. All right. Three okay, more spots. Uh, who, who do you got next? Uh, okay, I, I haven't really thought about it. Sorry, I was thinking about... Uh, let me think. Um, 
Yeah, I'm laughing because I'm reading chat right now. Uh, probably Crowen, uh, since uh, obviously he's a really good player. Okay. Um, yes. Milk is pushing St. Vicious onto you, Sox. He's oh, St. Vicious is really good. Oh, St. Vicious is really good. I was going to say, yeah. yeah tournament player. Recently, he's been really good in tournaments. St. Vicious, for sure. I definitely would not feel comfortable putting Soji on there. Um, oh, so of course. <laughs> he's not making it again. He's not even I mean, like, uh, always a bridesmaid, oh, never the top good too. Chrome's really good. I mean, if you want to talk about the th biggest jump between ladder and, to uh, and tournament, if you had to pick the, the person who improves the most between ladder and tournament, and that person will be uh, on this list, I mean, I would definitely a thousand percent pick Becca. Oh, okay. Yeah. She wins a ton of tournament games. Like, she, that's, she's a really interesting player to watch in tournaments, actually, because she like ones and twos a lot but she also sevens and eights a lot it's it's really interesting but yeah she she has she has won a lot of tournament games no the thing is that like interesting point in in tournaments she literally goes toe to toe with all the best players like toe to toe every single time but on the ladder she does not so i mean like the jump is immense right i mean if you, if that was that was most improved tournament Maybe. player it's Twitch chat There's holding her back evidence. when she tries the ladder while streaming. That's what that's what it is, maybe. Right. <laughs> I think I think it has to be I think it has to be Chrome. Chrome? Okay. All right. What? Yeah, but... take, no take backs, these socks. Uh, wow. No, no, I said it was most improved. I was like thinking this? about it from another right, avenue. Look, look, hmm. we can we can have a most improved tournament list. Becca can be number one on that list, okay? So okay. all right. Most improved. We'll come up with that list uh, next time. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Any? Is there anyone you'd want to? Oh, never mind. I guess we're gonna we're moving on to questions. Wait. So uh, take some questions from uh, from Twitter first of all. I believe uh, first question is uh, besides EU, what other regions or players have you been watching and have stood out, if any, from Ostien? Uh Yeah, Ostien. Um, um, I have. Uh, I've been watching pretty much a little bit of all the regions actually. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know them, so no one's really stood out. But like, for example, I watched uh, the LA, the Latin America qualifiers. Someone, some guy played six chrono, uh, three cybers. That was like a comp mm -hmm. uh, that was like uh, discovered on Reddit. It was actually really, really strong. He got third with six chrono, three cybers. You listen to that comp, you're like, how in the fucking world, right? Yeah. But apparently, it's a thing. And then uh, I watched China. I, I was expecting China's competition to be insanely high, but I mean. Uh, China's uh, level competition is very, very low. Um, I've seen a little bit of uh, Korean players. I haven't watched too much of it, so I don't know. And then I've seen... Uh, I think that's it. So I haven't really seen anyone players that really stood out, but it's really hard to tell in the search short span. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on to the next one then. Uh, in all the tournaments you have played, which format do you think balances risk and consistency the most from uh, Trey Chains? Uh, that's a hard question to answer because I don't even know what risk and or consistent even means. Um, both hmm. of them are pretty hard to define. But so I'll just answer something off topic, which is uh, in terms of fun and like enjoyment, I think this tournament was by far the most fun and enjoy enjoyable for all the participants. So, the OCNA finals, you said? Yeah, the OCNA final. Oh. Interesting. All right. 
Uh, cool. So are there any, so if you could design a tournament format, would you just design, would you just do, use the one from the OCA and finals or would you uh, tweak it at all? Um, I would definitely tweak it. I haven't really thought about how I would tweak it, but, um, I like the idea of finishing on a first. I don't like so much the idea of, um, of having a point threshold where if you get past this point threshold, then you just auto win. I don't like that as much. I liked the finishing mm -hmm. on a first idea. Um, but so how do you decide when a first becomes the win then if you don't have a point threshold? Uh, no, uh, sorry. I like the I like the initial point threshold. I don't like having like a, a fifth. Say like you need sixteen points to qualify to go mm -hmm. to to get to the first stage, and then I don't like having the second point threshold. Like say you get fifty points and you automatically end the tournament once you get fifty points. Regardless oh, of I see. Okay. I, I like the I like the current hype about of, of the tournament. Um, there isn't too much I would change. I I would actually have to think about it more. But I mean, at the end of the day, I would just want more games. So, like mm. instead of sixteen points, maybe like twenty points would be the threshold, and then you get a first. So, all right, interesting. So just kind of extend it before uh, people can start taking first. Mm -hmm. I see. You you'd have situations in that case. I think where like a lot of players would be hitting that threshold at the same time. Perhaps. Uh, yeah. yeah, perhaps. Or maybe if mm. we change the point scale a little bit. I'm not sure. Yeah. Right now, right now, getting a first is already uh, rewarded so dramatically. I don't think it needs to be rewarded more dramatically. Because mm. the points are really weighted towards one and two in the on day two of the OCNA finals anyway, where there was like a drop off. It was like 10, 8, and then like 6 and down, which is kind of yeah. interesting. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think that about does it for uh, the show. So uh, looking forward... Wait, we have one question. We have oh, one go question ahead. Sox still hasn't answered, which is... What, what's that? Who is part of your Bang Bros triangle? Oh, who's part of my who, Bang Bros triangle? Oh, that's three? right. I forgot. Thanks for remembering that, Frodan. <laughs> uh, let me think. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Um, you gotta think about it now. Uh, man, if, if I was like... who, Which Bang Bro would I even be, man? It's hard to say. What's Someday this conversation is going to be taken out of context. You're the chosen one. Huh? No, you're but the thing is that, like... I mean... I mean, master, being Mastery is just not that enjoyable, I would say. I feel like being Mastery is okay. Like, imagine being Yasuo. You just loaf around and you still make it part of the Bane Bro circle. Like, no one uh, will put items on you. You have no responsibilities. <laughs> and you're just in there. Like, wouldn't that be nice? I guess so. <laughs> I like I like chat suggestion Wangalang for the carousel mechanics. Oh, oh yeah, he has been helping me. He's uh, Wangalang's my uh, real life friend. He's a, he's a beast. Let me think. Great. I have so to be like it. he'd be in your triangle then. Like circle. Well, oh, it's a well. We we just need a triangle. If you want to expand it to a circle at some point, <laughs> that's, that's up to you. But we. Uh... Uh, okay, let me think. Uh, okay, let me just pick. Let me just pick, pick people from uh, from the TFT community. Then it'll probably be me. As I want to be Yasuo, so maybe okay. Zed. I'll be Zed. So I'll have my spotlight every now and then. But for the most part, someone else does the hard work. And then the person who does all the hard work, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess Soju can be uh, Soju can be uh, Yasuo because, uh, like, in a tournament, Soju does re really nothing, but he's part of the circle, you know. 
<laughs> he's just there. He's, there. Oh he's there for the God. synergy. <laughs> just, oh my! I God. mean, you can't have oh, a no. oh, man without soju. This is a real yeah, human right? being you're talking about. You realize? Wow. I know, but one clip that and send it to soju. I think he's probably in chat. Who knows? You can't have the Bang Bros without soju. But at the same time, <laughs> he, he he really doesn't do add all that much. You know, he really doesn't all that much. He's, oh my God. <laughs> And then uh, Master Yi, um, oh god, who's, who's Master Yi? Um, let me think. <laughs> Maybe Mortok. I mean, he does actually. He does. Oh. He actually does all the hard work. He's actually I, carrying the team. He we he. On him. He's surprisingly. <laughs> he's surprisingly a banger. Don't don't tell. Don't don't tell him said that. But he's a surprisingly a, a kind of a kind of a Smurf. So. Maybe. All right. <laughs> he does all the heavy. He does all the the real That's swinging. Perfect. Heavy lifting. Oh. I like it. Okay, that was a that was a very satisfying answer to that question. Thank you, Socks. Wonderful. And on, on that note, it's probably time to end the show before it derails any further. But thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Mismatch Socks. <laughs> Milk just said the funniest thing. You know, <laughs> Milk just said the funniest thing in chat. Yeah, Milk says, "Is it oh, more uh, dog Jen because he tanks all the damage?" Yeah, actually, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Oh no, we broke socks. Oh, oh my god. god, that's really funny. Oh, actually, more dog oh. might be Irelia because he he while he's not actually part of the Bane Pro Circle, he, <laughs> he actually does all the work because Irelia is the secret carrier of Bane Bros. So yeah, give him the infiltrator talent so he can he can get in there and. Be part of the loop. Oh, <laughs> the circle expands. <laughs> too funny. That's right. That was great. Let's end on that. Oh, yeah, the bang yeah. circle is complete. All I was right. gonna say, maybe after this, uh, I'll make a I'll make a full one to one mapping. So there you go. There you go. The lull chest hexagons, but put portraits instead. This sounds good. We need to create like a ranking system like that to create these things. Well, socks. Any any uh, parting comments before we end it? General um, or otherwise? Shout outs. I mean, I guess I hope I'm. I hope I can do really well on the on the global championships. I'm a little bit nervous because, like I said, it's going to be on a patch day, and uh, you already know I'm going to go eighth every single game. But maybe I can <laughs> maybe I can sneak in a few seventh every now and then. So we'll see. <laughs> Best of luck to the the patch day tournament, Frodan. What do you got? Final uh, final thoughts. Great. Uh, love having socks on as a second guest. I know a lot of uh, other TFT. You know, personalities and streamers are in the chat. If you want to come on for your second appearance, let us know because apparently we're doing second rounds. Yeah, my my face hurts from laughing at this point. So uh, yeah, this was a good one. Um, thanks for coming on the show, Mismatch Socks. Looking forward to watching you uh, in the tournament. Now that you are officially a tournament player, uh, you've crossed over. You've bridged the gap. You've you've uh, joined. You've you've come to greener pastures, perhaps depending on how you look at it. Uh, it's the dark side for sure, but yeah. You've joined the dark side. Either way, thanks for coming on the show. I look forward to watching you in the tournament later. Thanks to Frodan for being uh, our guest. Thanks uh, again to uh, Giant Slayer for putting on this show. They do an awesome job. And thanks to you at home for uh, for watching and uh, playing and helping build this awesome scene in Teamfight Tactics that we love so much. Until next time, Doa Frodan and Mismatch Socks. See you around.